Welcome to Uncontained, episode 201. I'm your host, Aaron Static Render, and this week I talked to Brian Marshall and Mike Thomas of Badgering the Hawkeye. I had just recently recorded an episode for their show before talking to them, and uh, we continue to catch up on this episode. So uh, you are definitely going to want to check out both of these because they kind of go together a little bit in some weird twists. Uh, radio way, but uh, Brian and Mike were both uh, radio personalities at a uh, competing radio station to the one I worked at when I was in eastern Iowa, so it's cool to catch up with them and uh, show everybody we weren't trying to stab each other with tridents or battle in alleys like on Anchorman, so um, yeah, just a little insight to the radio world and uh, some fun conversation to go along with it. If you have two-year-olds or mothers, you might want to put earmuffs on them because, uh, well, we get going like radio guys do. So so it was a fun one. Plug in those earbuds and, uh, yeah, crank them up. This is how Brian Marshall and Mike Thomas from Badgering the Hawkeye live uncontained. How are you guys doing today? I'm doing well. It's good to see you again. Good to hear you. Good to talk to you. Yeah, same here. I'm doing all right. Hello. Well, thanks for having me on your show a little while ago, or depending on when these shows get released, it depends. But uh, doing Badgering the Hawkeye was fun. Now, welcome to Uncontained, and uh, we can continue the radio talk, people. So for the people out there that don't know, I'm originally from Iowa, Eastern Iowa area, and these... I worked at KRNA 94.1, and these guys worked at Rock 108. We were two direct competitors in the same market, but somehow we managed to stay civil. <laughs> <laughs> it's all in good fun. It's all in good I fun. I love it. I mean, I mean Static, I, would, uh, I don't know about you, Brian, but there'd be times where our competitor across the river, part of your sister station up at uh, Waterloo at KCRR, he'd call me while I was on the air to be like, hey, I'm going to this bar after I'm off the air. You want to come join me? And I'd go drink a beer with him after uh, we got done competing against each other. So, yeah, it's all in good fun. Yeah, you know, it's all it's all for a show, too, you know. like Of course you're not going to be like on air, oh, those other guys are great. You should listen to them. <laughs> so... Like, how long have you guys been in radio? Like, when did you guys start? How did you get your start? Well, I started in, it would have been 1998. Um, I, in 95, had decided I wanted to become a radio broadcaster because Howard Stern was in Minneapolis at the time at Rock 100.3. And I, I idolized Howard. I mean, he was the king of all media at that point. His... Private Parts movie had dropped. He was on uh, local television, syndicated. And I'm sitting there going, man, that guy can talk like that, make millions of dollars. That's what I want to do because Class Clown here wants to make some money. (laughs) (laughs) There was a broadcast college that was just south of me in Minneapolis, and I applied at the age of 14, I believe. And they told me, come back later, kid. Uh, (laughs) you got to grow a set of nuts, and we'll we'll make this thing work. (laughs) Uh, yeah, you got to wait for him to drop, man. Oh, yeah. um, all right, what about you, Mike? Uh, I used to play radio station in my basement uh, when I was in, like, seventh grade. And uh, I would host, and th- th- this is covered in Badger and the Hawkeye, too. I would host, um, like, call-in, like, contests. So I'd, like, go to school. <laughs> and I would tell my friends, be like, all right, at uh, 4.30 tonight, I want you to call my phone number 
and uh, you can possibly win a, a mixtape that I'm never going to deliver on. <laughs> and, and so that, but I would sit in my basement and I would act like I would play CDs and I'd mix them all out. And then at 4:30, the phones would ring up the hook and I'd pick up, be like, "Oh, you're caller one," and I'd hang up. Caller two, and I'd hang up. So it's just been a passion of mine ever since I was a young kid. Very cool, very cool. That reminds me of like when uh, I was young and. Uh, my cousin had little one, one of those little handheld recorders, and we're sitting around yeah. like uh, playing video games. And I was like narrating the video game. I don't remember what the game was, but it's one where you drive down the hill and just cause as big of a crash as you can. I don't remember what it was called, but I did did a little soundtrack to it. <laughs> and like a few years back, he found one of the tapes, and I listened yes, to it. It, yes. it. it was hilarious. I don't have it, so I can't play it here. At least that's what I'm sticking to. <laughs> so you've just mentioned that you found a tape, and I happened to find a tape, and I text Mikey about it here just, a, a, I don't know, a day or two ago, that uh, their Love Line was in my local market. <laughs> and this dinkus right here, in his efforts to get on a nationally syndicated show, had called into Love Line, and... I don't know if you can see this or not, Static, but as I'm showing it to you over uh, what we've got right now, this is, is that the old, some foreign technology, some yes, some like, like archaic, ancient alien technology. That? It says it says <laughs> it's my tape that says "Love Line" on air debut that I wrote when I was 15. So, <laughs> did you ask Luckily, Dr. Drew what herpes was? Is that what you did? Uh, no, but I told him that I was in uh, speech and drama, and he says, "Oh, that's a good thing for kids to do." So. <laughs> Um, right on, right on. Did, did did you try to get him to think that you had some sort of strange addiction? Nope. I actually, it wasn't my problem. It was a, a problem of a girl that I was trying to get uh, to, to to get with. So, oh, man. yeah, that, it wasn't even my problem. I don't even know why I made it on the air. But so, what what did you call asking? I I gotta know this now. <laughs> there was it was it was a girl I was trying to date, and she was having issues. So then she was depressed and continuing to say that she was going to cut herself and that kind of such. So I was trying to find a way to help her in small market Minnesota. And it was still a way for me to get on Loveline. I loved watching the show. I loved watching that on MTV. That was the greatest watching the show. It was. Dr. Drew and Adam Carolla, you know, didn't get much better than that as a kid. Watching them talk about dirty sex things and drugs. Yeah, because then uh, <laughs> after after that it was uh, what singled out came on, and then it was the uh, the nighttime lineup with Oddities and Beavis and Butthead, I think. And you know the crazy thing is, uh, both Doc, I think Doctor Drew does. I know Adam Carolla does, and Chris Hardwick, the host of Singled Out, all have like big podcasts. Yeah. Chris Hardwick's making a comeback. He's actually, what is he doing? Um, he does a show on NBC called The Wall, a game show there. And then he yes. used to do At Midnight or After Midnight or no, At Midnight. It was Comedy At Midnight, Central. yeah. Yeah. So, and he's a funny dude too. Oh my God. Yeah. Um, I, I love listening to a show. It used to be called The Nerdist. Now it's ID10T, idiot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it's like, I, I actually tried to not copy his style of interviewing but i learned a lot from his style of interviewing and trying to keep things conversational and just kind of flow you know i always like him and uh, mark Marin are two of the people that i listen yeah. to a lot yeah. to get a good interview flow i mean if you're gonna, i hope it worked yeah if you're gonna emulate <laughs> anyone that's that's in the podcast game right now you might as well go to the top mark Marin 
he was one of the first, and I think he still sits in the top 20 every week, doesn't he? Yeah, Marin, and uh, did you hear about Rogan? Yeah, I was just going to ask you about that. Just signed a deal with uh, Spotify to be exclusive with Spotify for, like, some buku million dollars. I don't know what it was, but... And see, we're doing it for free, Spotify. <laughs> I know. We're, we're paying to be on Spotify. <laughs> we're, pay, we're paying Joe Rogan's uh, their salary. Yeah. <laughs> you're welcome, Joe. Hey, you're my <laughs> get on my show. <laughs> but yeah, the least you could do is come on on Contained and Badging the Hawkeye. Help the little man out. Come on Jeez. now. So, <laughs> I so, promise not a two hour and 40 minute interview. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Dude, I, I, I love Rogan. I love Rogan, but how many, I don't know how many inter- of his episodes I've actually finished, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I used to have that same problem in college. Uh Oh, <laughs> I thought, I thought you finished early. <laughs> oh, <laughs> maybe i don't know <laughs> this is either why he's way, uncontained either way you were in the game <laughs> we've already run this off the rails mike how did we do this on his show <laughs> 10 minutes 10 minutes in and here we go <laughs> okay I'll, I'll pull you guys back what's going right. on with uh badgering the hawkeye how'd you guys get started on that Go ahead, Mike. Uh, well, I, I always say it was by mistake. Um, Brian and I have been really good friends since uh, we worked together at the radio station. And when I got laid off, I moved back to Wisconsin. And it's always funny. I always equate us to um, talking like little girls. Like Brian and I get on the phone and we would talk for hours. <laughs> and our wives would just get really upset at us. Like, what are you guys even talking about? We're talking about radio. We're talking about music. And then we're like, you know, we should do this as a podcast. And so it was more of a uh, an idea so we could – you know, just be funny to ourselves, I guess, and and not use up our phone bills. I don't know. <laughs> we kind yeah. of we kind of emulated it after. I was a big fan of. There was a couple of radio personalities out of San Diego that I had started following when I was oh, still yeah. in the business. Uh, one of them, Steve Woods. The other, Chris Cantori. Off of uh, they were on FM ninety four nine. When yeah. Woods and Cantori got together, they had a podcast that was just Cantori and Woods. Hilarious. A couple of guys that were doing. Uh, radio guys that were talking about their lives, just anything that they wanted, and still kind of had it in a morning show radio format. And I'm like, I like that. Mike and I do that anyway. Why can't we do that? Mm-hmm. So okay. then I think, I can't remember if it was me or if it was Mike who said to the one another, should, should we do this? Yeah. Mike, do you I, remember? I can't remember which one of us told the other I, one. I, I, th- I think you brought it up and then... When I was working at my my job that I absolutely hated, and I, and I tell you this in, in a quick quick sidebar here, it's static. I worked at a job, and I was supposed to do actual work, but for eight hours a day for a year and a half, all I did was look at Facebook and Amazon for eight hours a day. That's all I did, and, and I'd say maybe okay seven hours a day because then the other hour I was working. So you could put on your resume that you're a professional at social media and a professional shopper. <laughs> <laughs> exactly and i got paid for it too <laughs> and so when brian brought this up to me i'm like i kept sending him links i'm like hey here's a microphone here's a mix board oh. we should do this and, and, and just kind of piecing it together and he's like well that's too much and i'm like okay how about this one so i was like his personal amazon <laughs> shopper so then it just kind of went from there right on right on so what uh just curious podcaster to podcaster what uh microphones did you end up going with this is the I don't know what is this the Amazon special for sixty bucks that came with the uh, came with the the overhead um, the, the mic stand yeah, yeah I mean uh, it, 
It says BM. I'm trying to read this backwards here. <laughs> it's like a BM six thousand. Yeah, BM eight hundred. Um, eight hundred. Bowel movement eight hundred. Yeah, okay. Bowel movement. I think I think I had mentioned to Mike there was something I had cut you know quietly at the station for for the podcast and said. Microphone at home equals sixty dollars. Microphone at the station equals six hundred. Which one do you think I want to use to cut the promo? <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I started out with uh like I still have them, the ATR twenty one hundreds, like uh and then like I ended up getting a couple of these headsets for doing mainly interviews in person with people because mm. when you're doing interviews with people that talk with their hands a lot. They'll take the mic, move it away, oh, yeah. pull yeah. it back. So it sounds like, you know, you're fading left to right on the channels when it's just can't figure out how to hold a mic in front of their face. You think it'd be natural, but it's not. No. Well, I think you'd have to agree that, you know, being a professional broadcaster, you eventually learn as to where to put your face in front of the microphone to make it sound the best. Yeah. Definitely, definitely. And, you know, it, it's one of the things that experience makes look easy, you know. I was uh, talking to uh, Tom Garland, a comedian, yeah. and he's like, uh, one of the one of the things that all the work that you put into doing stand up or interviewing people is, it when you do it right, it looks easy, so everybody else thinks they can do it. Yep. You know, now badgering the Hawkeye, I can tell by looking at your backgrounds. Uh, well, as I'm interviewing you, where it came from, but you want to let uh, people in uh, on how you got the title. Go ahead, Ryan. So we were trying to find what we wanted for the title for quite some time. We were fighting back and forth on our, our wives won't even listen to this. Life just gets in the way. Um, there was a band that my uncle had been in in Dallas that I thought would be a perfect name for the podcast, and I, I asked him if it might be something we could use. And I thought, the counterfeit radio podcast would be perfect. <laughs> Turns out that he was leaving that cover band in Dallas and the band didn't want to give up their name. Yeah. So I said, we, that's fine. What, what else? What was the other name? That, oh, two drink minimum was another one we thought of too, which we ended okay. We ended up incorporating that into the podcast just kind of a bit anyway. So I was yeah. driving home after dropping my daughter off one day and I'm sitting there going, ah, we've got to figure out something. What, what ties into the, the state of Wisconsin, it ties into the state of Iowa. What do I do to Mikey all the time? I badger him. Oh, wait, badgering the witness. Wait, badgering the Hawkeye. And it just came up. I think I was just outside of Center Point, Iowa when I came up with it. Called him right away, and I said, what do you think of this? And and I, and I loved it. You know, But we fought an uphill battle, I think, for probably about the first half of our episodes in our first season. People were like, well, why aren't you talking about sports? Why aren't you talking about the Hawkeyes and the Badgers, and it's like, well, we're not a sports podcast. That's why. Okay, so even you're not a sports podcast, but you do have a fair share of sports talk. Yeah, yeah, we do. We, we try to talk about everything, though, from music to sports to beer to. I, I mean, we. I, I don't know what else do we talk about, Brian. I mean, we talk about Star Wars, yeah. movie, <laughs> pop culture. Um, we do talk a lot about like the '90s, and one of the, yeah. the features that we do that we wrap up our, our show with is um, Mike and Brian's mixtape. And it's just like ah, creating yes. a mixtape where this was a song that suddenly you know, tripped in my head, or I haven't heard in forever. And the fun part is between Mike and I, we like to go back and forth and say, "All right, Mike, 
you know, this song was in 1994, and it hit the top of the charts, and uh, they were based out of Ireland. You know, who was the band? And he goes, oh, it's the Cranberries, you know, and it's probably Zombie. Nope, it's Linger, you know, and, and yeah. we go from there. I don't know why and, I picked the Cranberries and, there, but, you know, it just came to the top of my head there. You know, and a little known fact, too, about that feature is that we don't tell each other what the uh, mixtape is. Mm-hmm. So, like, Brian will be like, Mike, you got the mixtape this week. Yeah, okay. And so then I'll come prepared, and and then it's kind of like guess that tune, name that tune or whatever. And then I try to – it's the wow factor because we want to have that that genuine reaction of, like, holy crap, I forgot about that song or or whatever. (laughs) So we want to get that general reaction from each other. And and it's it's almost like the topper game, I guess you can say. It's like, you know, I can do whatever you can do better, you know. All right, all right. So, kind of have a little competition to see who can get the best uh, mixtape track, or or do you ever go who can pick the cheesiest mixtape track, or do you like? Uh, yes, I remember there was an early episode, Mike. It was probably about episode ten, and he comes at me and he goes, "I've got this one, and I just I really think that it should come to the mixtape." Here's, I want to be rich by Callaway. <laughs> <laughs> And so, we, you know, with us, each in radio still in part-time, he's in country radio, I'm in rock radio, you'd think that each of us would continue to stay within our own genres or what we, we continue to do. No, there's a bunch of songs that I love that, you know, why not bring out I Want to Be Rich or, yeah. oh man, what was the, oh, the, recently I brought out a, a deep cut from the Butthole Surfers yes, called right. The Wooden Song, which was never really featured on radio, but was featured on MTV's 120 Minutes. And boy, that band was odd as shit, weren't they? <laughs> they were down to their name, you know. <laughs> yeah, down to their name. You are not wrong. <laughs> oh, and and it's not so much the wow factor too, because like I'll come to the to the podcast, or Brian will come to the podcast, thinking of a, a mixtape, and then in just a recent episode we were talking about uh, my first kiss and how I called a radio station. And I requested a Jill So Beale, I Kissed a Girl. And I just and it took me forever to realize that it was a song about a lesbian couple, but which doesn't matter. But <laughs> it, uh, it, 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 it kind of took you out of the equation. Yeah, it took me out of the equation, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but it took, I mean, it just floored Brian. He's like, You did what? And so that ended up being our mixtape for the, uh, the week was I Kissed a Girl. You know, so. I listened to that episode. I listened to that episode. <laughs> and one of the things that I actually loved about, like, when I found out you guys had a podcast was I started listening and then you started talking about all these things that were going on. Either, little bit before I got into radio mm. or as I was in radio and I was just like, you know, the whole nostalgic factor, like, oh, yes, I know that. Or when you were talking about certain people that you may not have mentioned their names, um, <laughs> you know, I was like, oh, I know you. I know who they're talking about. <laughs> we <We're> the inside <laughs> joke that's so inside sometimes we're, we don't even know what we're talking about. Oh, very true. Very true, man. So um, I like to think that I can pick up on on a decent amount of them just from being involved in that scene. But um, going through, you aren't typically a um, going through your catalog. You aren't typically an interview podcast, but you've had a couple a couple guests on one one big. Uh, big WWE or might have been WWF at the time, yeah. uh, superstar. You want to tell us a little bit how you uh, wrangled that interview? So Jake the Snake Roberts was coming through Cedar Rapids uh, to Penguins Comedy Club, 
and he was doing a four or five dates through the, the Eastern Iowa. And I go, well, this is the perfect time for us to reach out to someone. The worst they're going to say is no. And I'm sure that you, by doing interviews, you've had not only acceptance, but you've also had rejection. It wasn't a big yes. deal if we got rejected. Jake the Snake Roberts was actually not our biggest interview that we, or our, not the first big interview we landed. It was actually Local H previous. And when we had Local H oh. on and we landed that, all I did was take my previous experience of running a morning show and requesting interviews, contact management, find out if they're available and if they're doing any media, would they consider doing a podcast? Oh. And if so, here's what we're about. Love to have 15 minutes of their time if it's all right. Promote what you've got and take it from there. Well, Jake the Snake Roberts, I pitched that we had already interviewed a couple of bands, including Local H. Excuse me. Um, landed that, and Jake was 15, 20 minutes, and you just don't want to ask him the same questions. You know, how did you form the DDT? What was it like to touch a snake? You know, they, everybody's asked. What those was it questions. like to touch a snake? Do they actually ask that question? Some people do that. I don't ask yeah. that question. I'd rather ask him the one that I had never heard anybody ask him is, Jake, what were you feeling the last few steps as you were going up to the podium to become a WWE Hall of Famer? And then Jake covers that. Or tell me a story about a guy that I haven't heard you talk a lot about taking the undertaker out well i took him to a strip club and there was this time that he did this and the snake got a hold of a stripper and that's available in our <laughs> archives now you can find it at badgering the hawkeye but <laughs> you know the thing is is that jake was such a great interview and the, the sucky part was is mike when he's working it was a middle of the day interview so i came home on my lunch break in a do-it-yourself effort and I had to record it, and unfortunately, Mike wasn't able to to do the yeah. recording part of it. We had to do that for for uh, local age too. Um, but that that's the thing is like we like you, static. You know that you have a you have to you have to pay the bills, and podcasting oh, yeah. doesn't really pay the bills unless you're Joe Rogan or Adam Carolla. And you know, if you guys Definitely. want to sponsor Badger and the Hawkeye, we're we're available for sponsorship as well as uh, <laughs> Static. He's available for sponsorship too on Uncontained. If you want that, yes, yes, I, we're all open for sponsors. We'll I never claim to be a salesman. Out. I've always claimed that I can beg for money, though. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, going back to it, you know, so Brian has the flexibility had the flexibility at the time to like leave work and and go do the interview real quick. So on a couple of the episodes, you might hear Brian flying solo, and that's you know, it, it, and that's the way we are it's like you know if you want we would rather do it together but you know whatever if he wants to do it he can do it and if i want to do it, i have the creative ability to do it too so very cool so what would you say was the moment you knew or a moment you knew you wanted to keep doing the show like is there a moment where you're like oh dude we got to keep doing this for a while it was it was very um flattering immediately when we launched our podcast i think it was when i posted a picture of the recording setup that was set up in my closet which is where i'm recording right now for <laughs> for this it's the badgering the hawkeye uh west uh campus and uh <laughs> the, the the issue was is that I, I posted the picture and people are immediately like oh are you getting back in radio yeah yep and Mike had the same thing. And so there was a buzz around it already. That was humbling because I left radio in 2012, uh, June of 2012. And when I came back to the podcast game with Mike in December of 2017, 
I wasn't expecting, I think we had even outlined it on some of our first episodes that you can hear us say, oh, we only thought that it was going to be us and like our parents listening. And that was about it. <laughs> Unfortunately, neither Mike or, I's, uh, Mike or I's mom has listened to the show yet. So, yeah, that's nope. okay. <laughs> My wife doesn't even listen. Yeah, I, I hear you. My mine listens sometimes, but my mom does listen, so she will she'll hear you guys. And uh, so one of our parents will be listening. Thank you. That's I good. appreciate it, Mama Static. It's nice to meet yeah. you. Appreciate <laughs> it. How about over to uh, Badgering the Hawkeye while you're uh, oh, you listen to you. Uh, there you go. Pimp the show. Pimp the show. <laughs> the, you know what I'd like to ask, and I, I'm sorry, I don't, I don't mean to flip oh, this on it on your head, but. Here we go. I need to know. We didn't talk about it in our in our interview on Badgering the Hawkeye with you about the other time besides us working in radio, we worked together at a strip oh, club together. Kind of. Kind of. Yeah, yeah. Well, I was actually going to bring that up in just a little bit. Oh, I wanted to okay. make sure we got talking about wanted to make sure we got talking about your podcast and everything going on with Badgering the Hawkeye, but we can jump right into that. Um, I was a DJ at the Lumberyard 2 in Cedar Rapids. Yeah. Where real men go for wood. <laughs> yes, yes. So the greatest slogan ever. I know. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So we had the Lumberyard where real men go to get wood, and then there was uh, Woody's Show Club in Cedar Rapids. So, <laughs> you know, you got you got the wood covered, I guess. We we worked together when it was amateur night, so we were called down to be the celebrities for amateur oh night, and then you <laughs> would be the the DJ. Or uh, previous to you was uh, was was Bill, and then uh, Ed O'Connor. Right. You know those guys also took a part of it. But I I really thought it was a lot of fun between us because of our radio backgrounds and the way we could play off of each other while amateur yeah. night was going on the stage. I mean, you had some. Uh, less than a desirable woman up on stage, you know, throwing her. You, you have to you have to admit it was the easiest job you'll ever have, ever for because us. All you had to what do about was, for static? You know, uh, <laughs> the amateur night, yes. Working in a strip club, not yeah. exactly. There's no. like the way I like to explain it to people who came up to me and be like, "Dude, you work in a strip club. That's got to be the most awesome no. job ever." I'm like, no. "You've had." Have you had a girlfriend? All right. Now, you know that uh, when the time of month where she gets moody, oh. now imagine all the girls working at the same time just being in that same type of moodiness. And, and two things. One thing, like I said, it was the easiest because all we had to do was get up there and be like, all right, here's, you know, Victoria. She's 18 from Iowa City, and she likes it in the butt. <laughs> you know, and she'd get up and do her dance and stuff, and then we'd have to get scores. But two, th besides that being the easiest, but the other thing, I didn't realize how competitive the stripping business is. Oh, oh. my God, those girls get catty. <laughs> that that does happen. That does happen from time to time. She's like, dancing to my song. You're playing my song for her. Yes, like, oh my god, why are you doing that? Like, Dex, shut up. You didn't record the song. Yeah. <laughs> you don't own it. But my favorite thing about the amateur nights was not even not even the amateur contestants, but it was making fun of all the judges. Yes. Like, yes. Like, because. 
you know, you get up there, explain the rules to him. Like, you know, a girl's going to come up, dance. You're going to give him a score from 1 to 10. All whole numbers, no fractions, no decimal points, no pi, anything like that. <laughs> and then you always get the person that's like, I give her a 5.26. It's like, shut the hell up. Don't you know math? <laughs> or like the person that watched Varsity Blues there it is. too many times. Yep. Yeah. Like, I give her a 10. Yeah. A 10. I'm, like, it's like. Dude, that movie's what at that point it was like probably six years old. Now it's like a movie, probably on Turner Classic Movies now. No, you did. My say, you did say the right word. You said classic because Varsity Blues is a classic historical document. My, uh, <laughs> it is. <laughs> my, my I think I saw it on the History Channel. My favorite thing was when there was girls on Sniffer's Row being the judges, Ugh. and they were actually hotter than the contestants. And so then my, my my move was always like, well, you should come up here and make some money. So then I'd get you know those girlfriends to come up and, and show their, their goods too. And I'm like, you know, you, you get some of the money too. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, uh, a little secret on amateur night for the they're not amateurs. Are, not all of them. Some of them are just auditioning to work at that club. <laughs> I so my my entire life you can is destroyed. Tell, oh man, I, I know. I, I I saw I saw it was like somebody told you the Easter Bunny was all made up. Man. Wait, what? <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sorry. That's two. Uh, Rabbits don't lay eggs. Oh, oh my, my God. gosh. On uncontained, unless unless they're the I'm Cadbury done. Bunny, then I'm, that I'm then... I I was zero years old. I'm sorry, Mike. When I found out <laughs> <laughs> the uh, but the fun was, and like you said, picking on the contestants. It was we should have been placing bets between each other when when the Varsity Blues reference would come out. Yeah, and then the ones that would think that they had it all figured out, and then just. Get absolutely no money, and then they'd walk up. This you guys suck. You know, I I should be winning this thing because there was like what five hundred bucks on the line, at least. Yeah, and then like you also got to keep like whatever like people threw up there Ooh. at you. So it's like if you if you work the stage well, you know, you could make make a couple dollars to go home and you know cry if you don't win. But drowned your sorrows in some booze that you buy on the way home. Have you been back to a strip club after you've worked in one static? I have. It's a little bit different, but I haven't haven't been for quite some time. But do you, you critique know. them like you do? Like like we critique radio DJs. You go into a strip <laughs> club and you're like, yeah, you know, the lighting could be a little bit different over here. The music could be brought down just a little bit. You know, like I'm like a lot of times like the. I would critique the DJ too, like, oh, that guy is not bringing it, like any excitement. I'll do, but I, I do the radio station DJ thing all the time, and it drives my wife nuts. It's like, oh, there's this guy on the radio here. I don't like the way he's talking. And she's like, well, you're so negative. Like, no, he's like the delivery is no, there's no yes. energy in his voice. There's no like cadence to what he's saying. You know, it's like just, I don't know. I. I, I some of them have like the over the top radio voice too, which is kind of you know like oh coming up blah 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 blah. I have no idea what you're talking about, Static. I am talking in this voice because I have a microphone, and you must listen. I admit I changed my voice a little bit for the radio when I was on, but. I amped it up just a little bit, but not to that point. So it was more like Easter Night was real rock 94.1, you know, like that. Oh, I just got goosebumps. Of... Wow. Oh, my gosh. It was like going back in time did, there. Did you, 
Did you travel back into time when you had the KRNA playing in your studio? <laughs> I did. <laughs> Spying on us like did... you were the Russians during an election year? <laughs> little, little did you know that's how you guys got, got your one rating is because we oh. were listening to you. Uh-oh. Oh, ouch. ouch. Shots fired. Ouch. <laughs> I got I got my one rating for being controversial. <laughs> Shock jock static. Uh, I you know as I said on your show I probably shouldn't have made fun of near as many bands as I did that we played, but it needed to be done. You know, like we played active rock with with some classic rock, and nobody really needed to hear Def Leppard anymore. No, you know. I mean, I give my right arm, but you know, whatever. <laughs> somebody, somebody has that taken care of for yeah. you. <laughs> I, I got asked by somebody if I wanted to go see Def Leppard. I was like, I prefer my bands not to have nine arms and suck. Nope, oh, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, so, but yeah, the the strip club that was that was an interesting time. It was always fun when you guys came in. Um, you know, I, I knew I was not there via like the radio station. So mm. I did my best not to step on anything like rock 108 or anything like that. I didn't want to, you know, step on any toes or irritate anybody. Like, was there any, like, since, since I found out that you guys were listening to us in the studio, uh, while we were on air, was there any rumblings about me working at the yard while you guys were there? Not really on my end. I mean, you know, the the the, the golden rule was, you know, just go out and just be cordial no matter what. Yeah. And I think they said that you know, just make sure Static doesn't say anything about KRNA, you know. And if he does, you just kind of gloss over it and you just kind of move on. You don't keep going at it but that was about the only thing i was ever told i and i don't think i ever know but no I, no <laughs> if anything you would promote stuff that we would have that we mm-hmm. were promoting already and you would promote it before i would and it, it was like oh okay uh you know yeah i was going to touch on that but if you're going to touch on that you know brian tell us more about you know your giveaway to rockstock too Sure, static. Let me tell you more. You know? <laughs> and I was like, "That's that was the that was the part that you know." When we touched on this, I'm badgering the Hawkeye, and it was the fact that you, again, you you took the professionalism of where you were at there at the lumberyard, and you didn't carry over what you were doing on the radio station. And I felt that that at least Mike and I would do the same for you. That we weren't go out there if we came to one of your events or if you were at something. We wouldn't sit there and start dogging because you were at the com- the competing radio station. Yeah. I just don't do that. Yeah, I, p- I picked up a mutual respect, you know, and I dug that. I I liked uh, running into you guys out and about at events and everything like that. So I even like uh, your sales guy at the time that came to Lumberyard. Ken Hauser, was yes, it? Yes, it was. <laughs> You actually yeah, saw I, him? I, yeah, because I never saw him there. He, he was hanging up top. He was hanging up top by the DJ booth. Is that uh, where he was? Because that's not where he was when I was there. Once Vivica, well, when Vivica would show up, he, he did he, disappear occasionally. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, looks like Vivica's here tonight. Well, see you later, Ken. Uh, catch you yeah. at the end. Uh, all right, all right. So Vivica was his uh, poison of choice. She was a pretty yeah. good poison too. Oh yeah. yeah. 
Yes, not bad at all. Not bad at all. You um, always have the walk of shame. Or the, I always call it the, the drive of shame back to Waterloo. I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, Ken, I'm not going to ask any questions. Dude. <laughs> but, hey, you know, you guys, I'm sure, doing – was it a, just an appearance or was it a full remote? It was just an appearance. Yeah. They wouldn't let I mean, us – We got to mention it on the air. You know, they said, you know, mention it on the air that you're going to go up, but – yeah, not not a remote or anything. And okay, so no callbacks. And no, everything. and I no. I never understood why, uh, you know, when we would do that, there wasn't a full schedule of what they call liners to promote the event. Hey, we're going to be there. <laughs> no. It would just be hey day of. It'd be like hey, join me at the lumberyard. I'm going to be on amateur night tonight. Make sure you join mm. me on the stage as uh, we we grade some of Eastern Iowa's hottest amateurs. Yeah, five hundred dollars if you want to win. Yeah, and it would you get to mention it like once. Well, that's not going to yep. do anything. It's all about frequency. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. but you know, it was what it was. I know the old cliche. You should right? have just told them you were going to be competing, Brian. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> the helicopter's gonna land. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sound effects too on uncontained. I have probably sucked. I'll have to hear how it sounds recording. I probably just clipped a bunch. But uh <laughs> she said. But uh oh. Hopefully she's not clipping nothing. But <laughs> I don't know what that means exactly. Uh, so um so let's jump back to your podcast for a minute. Yeah. Um to get back on uh the subject here. Um now you guys took a little hiatus, right? Oops. And uh, you're starting to come back and put out yeah. more episodes. Now, does okay? The reason you took the hiatus, I'll just go ahead and throw it out there. You both got back into doing radio, correct? Yep. Yeah, yes, but the, the hiatus was you know kind of a combination. It was you know about fifty fifty. I went back to college. I went back to school, and okay. uh, so that occupied I'd say probably about sixty percent of my time. The other. Forty percent was between family and my job, and then Brian, he actually got thrown really into the lion's den of the uh, the radio station. Yeah. Okay. It was fair enough. It was kind of an odd thing that the whole podcast originally was not meant for us to get back into radio. Mm-hmm. We had mentioned at one point, "Oh, wouldn't it be cool if?" And then suddenly Mike gets back on air in Madison on a country station, and it didn't take much more than him just showing up and saying, hey, I used to be in radio once. Hey, why don't you come on down? Yeah, like I recognized that I was at a Badger tailgate, and I recognized the uh, program director, and I told my wife, I'm like, I know that guy, and I'll be right back. And about 10 minutes later, she's like, what happened? I'm like, I got a job. And she's like, what? (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, yeah, I got a job. I'm going to start. She's like, when do you start? I'm like, next week. Okay. Very cool. Very cool. So. What what are your plans now with uh, with the podcast? So we'd like to continue. I mean, one of the things I wrote up on my board, I don't. I, it's not a vision board. It just happens to be a whiteboard that sits in front of my face here in the studio. But I wrote the word consistency, mm-hmm. and okay. I know that one of the things that I really appreciate about Uncontained, and I'm I'm going to put you over here for just a second, is that you are consistent. <laughs> you are consistent <laughs> with being able to put out content. And and knowing from a radio side and trying to book guests, I know how difficult that absolutely must be to get the guest, line them up, have them reschedule on you, and mm. then try and find compelling content that you have to put out on a consistent basis. So I look at it as we need to have a consistency there. Part of that's on me. 
to be able to make sure that I do the editing on my end and balance family, uh, primary job, second job, which is the radio station, um, which part of the hiatus became because when I went back into radio May of last year, I was covering the morning show again. So that was difficult because then I had no time and I would sleep for maybe three, four hours a night, six days a week, and suddenly realize that, oh, I'm starting to spark like a damn vampire here. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, that three, four hours of sleep a night is kind of rough. I've, I've been there occasionally between editing, podcasts, working, and all that good stuff, too. So I, I feel you, man. And the whole rescheduling thing, that is real. Like, there's been times where I've been sitting at my computer, logged on, um, and sitting there. Okay, it's 7 o'clock. They're not here. 7.10, they're not on. And then finally text them. I'm like, okay, it's not happening tonight. So then you got to try to figure out another time to make it work. And occasionally I've had people flake on me where it's like, oh, crap, I'm, I've put myself in a position where I'm in a crunch and need to get a show out. So it's like, oh, let's turn to social media and then get a guest. <laughs> <laughs> the, the thing that I have to, to you know, again, put you over is that you've cast such a wide net with your network that I feel like maybe that's easier for you now. Because you have the wider network, uh, by the time oh. we're ready to, to roll with this, you'll have already had 100 episodes out and about, right? Almost, well, wait, 200, right? 200, 200 yeah. 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 Wow, that's that's incredible. Yeah, so I my network has grown a lot, and uh, it's made it, that's helped. Like, if I need somebody to come on, I can contact a previous guest and be like, hey, what's new with you? You got anything going on? And, like, the, a lot of times they'll come back on that way. But I do want to keep stretching and trying to get new guests on. But I will say, if you guys uh, see somebody in my catalog of guests uh, that you want to talk to, let me know, and I'll try to uh, help hook you guys up. Uh, I actually interviewed a guest that was on your show um, not too long ago. Um, as well, I don't know how many episodes ago, but Ari Miholapopop. I can't say his last oh, name. Yes. Miholapopoulos. Yes, you nailed Ari it. Ari Miholapoulos. <laughs> I always want to throw in an extra sy- syllable. I he he was very very patient with me pronouncing his last name. <laughs> <laughs> the dude is awesome. I love Ari. He is when in uh, you know I I interviewed him way back in the day when I was at uh, my old college radio station KBVU. Oh look at uh, that! Look at that. I still got this old relic here. Um, but when I was doing a show called the Indie Show, where it's independent unsigned bands, and it's a lot like what Brian ended up doing at Rock One Hundred Eight. You know the unsigned and online. So. So it was kind of cool to hear him on your show and be like, oh, I should get in touch with him. Then uh, get something set up and talk about his time with OTEP. I think it's it was it was from your show that I found out he was no longer in OTEP. Yeah, yeah, that, that was just recent. Like when I messaged him, he's like, well, I'm no longer in OTEP if you still want to interview me. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, I guess it will do. <laughs> he even hinted in our interview, he's like, yeah, it's it's a challenging band to be in, but he loved it. So it, it, it's too bad that he's no longer there. But 
Yeah, now he's got some crazy physical training uh, thing going on. <laughs> like, dude is built like, well, he is Greek, so he's built like a Greek <laughs> god, you know? He's like yeah. chiseled from marble. I was like, damn, dude, I wish I had like half that definition. Yeah, and it's all kettlebells, too. It's like kettlebells and euros, I think. Kettlebells and euros. <laughs> and and I'm going to get, I'm, go. I'll give him the plug. It's also at rearmy.com. There you go. There you go. I, I was blanking on that right there. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, that's why. Ari something or another. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> Just Google Ari Meolopoulos. Yeah, traditional Greek spelling. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> It'll pop right up. <laughs> okay. On second thought, Ari Army is re- easier to remember. <laughs> okay. So. Guys, I have, like, two parts to the show, all right? The first part, which, very conversational, fun, talking and everything. The second part, I get to pick your brain a little oh, bit. Oh, I better crack a beer for like, this. You, you better. Oh, even with the sound effect right on cue. You got the soundboard, <laughs> or you actually have a beer there? I actually have a beer I'm here. <laughs> it's a, all right, a two-drink right. minimum, un, uncontained. Because <laughs> I, I heard the crack, but I didn't see... But what what you drinking, Brian? We'll, we'll do that. Uh, this is out of uh, Holland, Michigan. It's called Haze and Blue. It's a New England IPA that's available out of Michigan. Uh, Big Lake Brewing is uh, the uh, – this This sounds like our episode. Oh, Mike's gone. But usually we have one or two drinks, and we just discuss a couple of topics and a two-drink minimum. So if you're going to be asking us questions, I figured it was time for me to crack a beer. Right on. Well, I'll tell you what I have. Like I have a terrible idea, hazy IPA from 21st Amendment. Uh, where's that out of? Oh, I think – uh, you know, I don't know where 21st Amendment is out of, but it's in our Constitution somewhere. <laughs> oh, Mike's got his, too. <laughs> yeah. He, when we started talking about it, he's like, just a second. I was like, okay, he's going to get a beer. I got to get a beer. I got to get a beer fridge. So. Mike, what, so what are you drinking, your, buddy? Your beer commercial, Mike. No, my, I'm drinking a Florida Cracker um, from Cigar City Brewing. Florida Cracker? Is that like uh, Fred Durst or something like that? <laughs> Behind Blue Eyes. <laughs> in blue cans. Um, yeah. All right. Okay. Woo. So the first question Woo. here is very basic. It's what advice do you have for people who are looking to get into radio and or podcasting? Don't do it. <laughs> All right. Moving on. <laughs> I, I'll actually answer the radio question. Okay. Yeah. okay. Um, there are so few individuals that are involved in radio today. Sad. You have to do it because you love it. You're not going to get paid much. Um, the ad- the not. adulation that you think you're going to get is not there. Um, but the one thing that I'm learning from my current program director is to learn to build that relationship with your audience. Because of social media, it's so much easier to do that. Uh-huh. So you can talk about something on the air and then use social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever, to be the part two of that story. And okay. I don't think I did a lot of that before. So I was, I was talking at people. I wasn't talking to them. And I think that that's after the seven year hiatus I took from radio and to go back to the same station I was working at before, I think I'm a better jock today because of it. If you're wanting to get into it, start doing something like this, start doing a podcast. So you have some sort of, of library of audio of showing how you interact, what kind of content you bring to the table and then somebody um, might take a, a chance on you. Yeah, 
And and just yeah. because somebody says you're the funny guy at the party doesn't mean you have to be the funny guy on the radio. Mm-hmm. I mean, because that never that never goes over well. Trying to make ma- hit that punchline, and I mean, how many times you listen to somebody do a story, and they try to be like, and that's the punchline, and it's just like that made no sense. <laughs> you know, just get out of it. Just tell the story and get out of it. You don't have to be funny. Yeah, yeah, and you know, it's one thing I learned actually. I think i learned this in junior high when you try too hard to be funny you're not mm-hmm. you know it's like it kind of loses it when you're trying for trying for funny in a certain way yeah. if they can tell you're struggling for it and yeah i i agree with that and brian a follow-up question um now you mentioned that you were talking to people or talking at people before now you're talking to people mm-hmm. Like, what is the difference in that? Just so people are like, uh, like, aren't smoking out the ears. No, I get you. Um, when you listen to us right now, it feels like I hope that somebody that's listened to Uncontained thinks that they're kind of like a part of the conversation. That when we cracked our beers, maybe they went and they grabbed theirs and they started listening. They're a part of the. As long as you're not driving. Correct. Even if you are, just make sure you do it carefully. No. Um... <laughs> Disclaimer. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. The uh, thoughts and views of Brian Marshall are not necessarily necessarily those of uncontained. Um, Continue though, I'm sorry. But in this, I think before I was I was talking at people, I was using the standard radio cliches. You know, coming up here in ten minutes. You know, I've got this. You know, um, talking more with a I don't know a fake voice. And I mm. think that I've come back to it because I've done the podcasting with Mike. Learned to communicate more in a conversational manner, asking questions of the person as if they were sitting right across from me or sitting, you know, like where you're at right now, you know, a thousand miles away from me, but we're still having some sort of connection. Yeah. And if, and if I could, uh, you know, kind of take that a step further in my, my new job on the country station, you know, I've had a lot of talks. I've, I've got a lot of good feedback from my current program director and it's, he, he's really big on the power of one, meaning when I'm talking and I'm on the radio, I'm I'm more like instead of saying "Hey, us, we," no, I'm you, mm-hmm. you, you, and I are. Okay. You know, this song was for you. What are you doing? Hey, what are you doing this weekend? We're going to be out at uh, the the Jones County Fair. Why don't you stop on by? We have a bumper sticker for you. We have your T-shirt. We have your tickets. Even though you that person might not win the tickets, but if I say, "Hey, we have your tickets coming up next," that person's like, "Hey, those those could be my tickets." So okay. it's the power of yeah. one. I gotcha. I, that that's actually cool. I never really thought about that right there, and like it makes the person think that you are, as Brian said, talking directly to them instead of like talking to the masses. Yep. Um, one thing that I was thinking of while Brian was giving his description of the radio voice and everything, I've I've taken some voiceover classes, oh. and like one of the biggest things that I have to fight with is getting the radio out of my voice when it's just me and a microphone. Yeah. You know? Like like I want to read like read reading a commercial script. You they don't want you to be reading it like say it's like for some uh department store or some like uh store like Target even though they're not a sponsor. Sure. And be like instead of be like shirt sheets and towels on sale now, <laughs> you know? It's like <laughs> it's like shirt sh- 
like 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 I'm talking to you, being like, "Hey, Brian, uh, come and get some shirts, sheets, and mm-hmm. towels because they're on sale now." Uh, and it's like getting that out of your voice. It's actually really difficult at first, unless we're talking to people. Yeah. Go ahead, Mike. Well, I was gonna say, and Brian was the one that actually point, helped me out with this a lot when I was working at Rock 108. And I don't know if you realize this, Brian, but he gave me two really, really good suggestions when I first got my start at Rock. And he said, one, turn down your headphones. Don't have them so loud because then you're not going to yell. Because you know your your natural you know and you know instinct is when the music's loud, you think everybody else can't hear you, so you got to talk loud too. <laughs> you know, so that was one. And another one too. He said, if you're going to project. Don't have your microphone so hot. Mm-hmm. Pull it back a little bit, mm. and you're still going to get that out there. So those are two things that you know Brian was like, "Hey, you know, pull your microphone down to here." And he showed me. He's like, "This is where I run it." And you know, don't have your headphones so loud. Maybe when the music's playing and you want to jam out, but when you're talking, turn it down because then that's just going to be a natural conversation. So thank you, Brian. When you were on air, did you have yourself in your ear and your headset too? Or... Yeah. Okay, so yeah, I was like. If... If you were just listening to music, that would be like the guy standing in the middle of the room, like listening to a headset, just trying to talk to everybody, screaming. But when you're ramping uh, a but, song, when you're going up a, a song ramp, and you're you got that you have to hear the music and yourself talking and everything, you know, turn it down so you're you're not yelling and projecting very loudly. All right, definitely good advice. All right, so um, now whether it's professionally for radio or. Uh, for the podcast, what are you guys doing to promote yourselves? <laughs> Go ahead, Brian. So, or what are you doing? Well, <laughs> <laughs> what what I've done. Uh, one of the, the the stipulations for getting back part time in radio was that you had to have a social media presence. Um, before, I only thought it was a good idea to post something when you had something to say, because there's too many people out there that post stuff just to post it and put up. 15 freaking posts a day about nothing or I'm or I'm going to post 15 of these and 13 of them are going to be inspirational quotes. You go, girl. You've got this. Uh, look, I, I don't want to see that shit. The thing I want to do is I want to actually if I have something to contribute when Chris Cornell had passed away, it had been three years ago, I post a picture of Cornell and, and, and shared that because it meant something to me. Um, yeah. When I do throwback Thursday tracks on Rock 108, I post, this was the track that I selected today for you for throwback Thursday. And then I talk about, like today, it was uh, Albatross from Corrosion of Conformity. And I told a story about, there was a guy at a station that I idolized who was a big stoner dude, and he was his name was Drew. He's like, hey man, if you ever get to play Albatross on the air, that'd be rad, man. <laughs> so I just remembered that and like, all right, well, we're going to play Corrosion of Conformity Albatross today. And when I did it, I was like, there's for you, Drew. Drew doesn't know anything about me, but here I am 14 years later and still at it. And, you know, hopefully Drew's okay. <laughs> yeah. You'll, you'll get a message on uh, social media being like from Drew being like, that was awesome, 14 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> He's clean cut wearing cargo shorts and driving a minivan now. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. And he has glasses without lenses. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes by Derek. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I got a question for you guys. That's not in these final, but following up, like you guys worked at 
in a rock station, or you still work at a rock station, Brian. Yeah. But uh, Mike is working at Country, and I know from listening to your podcast, Badgering the Hawkeye, um, <laughs> you uh, you started out in country music. Like, yep. what is how? How do you flip between genres of music? Do you have to like the music or? Uh, yeah, short answer is no. One of the things I was taught at Brown Institute, it was very early. There's a guy named uh, Tom Cronforst. He was filling in for the teacher that was supposed to be there. He said, if you decided to get into radio and play the music you wanted to play, take your 8500 bucks and go buy yourself a big effing stereo. Get out of my class. That was the first <laughs> words he ever said to us. This was in 1998, and I still remember it today. Um, I was lucky enough and to be able to get into the format I loved. Um, but to start out in country music, I hated it. Mom listened to it. Excuse me, I didn't like Kenny Chesney. I didn't like Shania Twain. Oh, hell no. I didn't like the Dixie Chicks. <laughs> but here I was, playing them as a current, and enjoying... The Alan Jackson's, you know, don't rock the jukebox and all this kind of stuff. But then going in and trying to show them that, okay, look, I can be a radio DJ that connects with my audience. It took me a long time to understand that. I played country music first, classic rock second, and then uh, got into active rock or the station I'm at now uh, would have been 2002. So, you know, I got I got into a place where I wanted to be, but it took a lot of effort to get there. Right on, right on. So, yeah, because you listen to the radio, and of course, when you're listening to that station, you think the DJ is a huge fan of that type of music. And, well, that's his job to kind of make you think that, even if he's not. But it's kind of interesting to think, like, what kind of mindset you have to be in to uh, play, like, a style of music that you're not a huge fan of. So, like, did you did you just have to do... Like, what mindset did you have to be in, Brian? Like, was it, like, uh, just, like, working at a factory, pushing a button type thing and, like, p- turning out product? Or I think as uh, as J.D. Bacon? Oh, that was that was at my second station. <laughs> that sucked. Oh, that was your uh, second oh, one. Oh, yeah. No, I've, I've had many a radio names in, in my day. Um, but the first radio station, I think I was just doing it because it was my first gig. And was offered full time straight out of broadcast college. Okay, cool. Most you know most people um, get the opportunity to get on radio, but they're running a board. They're mm-hmm. you know I think I was offered th- this was the story. There was I was offered two radio gigs. One was at a station in New Prague, Minnesota, that they were going to offer me the ability to cover the midday show, and the only time I would actually get my voice on the air would be during their fair time. During the middle of the year. Okay. And I said, well, what, what do I do the rest of the time? I said, do I even get a voiceover commercials or anything? No, we save that for our production director. You would just be the one, you know, you're one of our board ops and, you know, you'd be a fill in to just make sure that the station's running in, in overnights. And I think that was going to pay me almost 15 grand a year. But no, I took the je- the job that was going to have me on the air afternoons on a 100,000 watt stick that reached almost 100 miles in each direction for 12 grand a year. So yes, oh. you heard that, kids. Twelve grand a year, big money. Nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> big money now on radio too. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. All right. So now, what? 
would you say would be a hardship and a highlight that you care to share, whether it's from your radio career or podcasting or just somewhere in your uh, professional broadcasting career? I think the hardest thing for me, and you got to realize, like, pulling back here, when I worked at Rock 108, at least I felt at the time, I I was the number one go-to when it came to, like, part-time. Um, I worked my way up pretty quickly, I'd say, in the ranks after, you know, after Brian. Where, you know, I, I mean, Brian and I were almost in lockstep. Like, Brian would get a full-time job. And then I'd move up into that number one part-time position. And then Brian got promoted. Then I got promoted. And then kind of one of those things. So okay. probably within uh, two or three years, um, I was doing overnights. And then I moved to afternoons, which was a pretty big accomplishment, you know, and see my name in all access. When was a big slap in the face and kind of, you know, put me in a reality check. Like, holy shit, I don't matter, is back in 2008 when I got, when I got fired. You know, because we're coming off of a flood, we're coming off of things, you know, and I'm I'm the one that, you know, the program director's like, hey, can you fill in and do this? Can you do this? Can you do this? And I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. And then all of a sudden, boom, yeah, you're no longer needed here. So that was probably the biggest hardship. Not so much getting fired, but thinking that I was going to land on my feet so quickly. I thought that because yeah. I drove myself over to the com- competitor station across the, across the river, and I sat down and I'm like, I just got fired. Let's do this. And it took me almost a month and a half to actually get a full-time job again, or a part-time job um, again. And then eventually I got out of radio completely just because I, it was just a, a big reality check for me. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Like, there's so many people who actually just want to be part of a radio station that mm-hmm. they can afford to pay the people that are doing it very little because they're like if you don't do it somebody else will so yeah you know it's like you're just a cog in the machine well th- that's exactly what radio is i mean look at what iheart did you know a couple months ago and intercom went through it and and stuff and i mean you're just a commodity and and a wise person just told me you know you're you're just a toaster <laughs> you know you're just, <laughs> you're just an appliance and and i always go by that rule of thumb is that you'll be remembered one month for every year that you were on that station. So if you were there for, for six six years, in six months, people are going to forget who you are because the station will move on. You but, know, uh, real quick here, I think that has some valid maybe for the radio station, but for at least the Eastern Iowa market, they seem to remember their radio station DJs because, like, Big D Don Black was there for a long time. And when he comes back, people still recognize him. Like, I've been away for, like, like eight years or six, seven years, something like that. I'm not doing math right now. But uh, when I go back, people (laughs) still, still remember me from the radio so like i think i don't know about other markets about the one for six months and i'm sure if you went back mike people would uh remember you as well and brian well nobody remembers you or has to because you're there um (laughs) they still don't remember me they're like like, oh wait you left are are you mike time are you mike thomas (laughs) (laughs) i miss jp ah where'd he go (laughs) Oh man, like okay. So Brian, do you have like a hardship or a low light? The hardship was was toward the end of my run uh, in 2012. Um, 
I, mean, I guess I'll admit that on this podcast is that I was going up to see Mike and, and there was a point at which I realized that it was probably time to hang it up. Um, that I wasn't going to advance, that I wasn't going to, I had done everything. I checked off the boxes. I had broadcast live from New York city, done my show in, uh, live from New York city. I'd made it on a national syndicated show a couple of times, not just love line, um, <laughs> <laughs> that, that I had also created and produced my own show that I had set out to, to put on the air and got 150 episodes out of that and, and set out and, and was successful at it. And I go, if I'm not going to move, there's nothing else I can really do in this market. So I think I kind of figured it was time uh, to get married, to start my family, and it was time to step away. The hardship was, you know, that you don't make a lot of money in the business. Yeah. And then when you go to your next job and they immediately offer you several thousand dollars more than you were making as a morning show DJ, mm-hmm. it's difficult. It's like, so why was I doing that for so long? You know, and it's I think the answer that all three of us can say together is because we loved it. Yes, definitely. And, you know, nobody like will recognize the guy who works at the gas station that goes out. But when you go out, people recognize you, you know, it's kind of as much as I hate to say ego plays a little bit into it, but it does, you know. Um, So now what would you say would be the highlight not necessarily the highlight of your career, but a highlight that you want to sh- like you want to share with the uncontained audience. Do you want me to go, Brian? There you got one. Sure, go ahead. Okay. Um, when I first started in college, uh, when I was told that I would never make it in radio and I, I shouldn't do it because I'm not going to make a lot of money, which was all true. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I said I set aside five goals that I had in my, in my life, kind of like what Brian probably did too. But my goals were, um, to get part time on a, on a format that I loved and it was rock. And I got there, uh, was another one was be full time within two years, get promoted within three years, which all happened. I got full time overnights and then I got promoted to afternoons. And then my ultimate goal was to work in Madison and granted, I'm only doing it, you know, once a month or twice a month and everything. I'm working in, in my hometown, and I'm doing weekends, and granted, it's not the format that I love, but I'm, I'm working in a top 100 market on the weekends, and, and I'm doing it, and I don't have to do it to live. I'm doing it because I want to. So nice. if they came to me tomorrow and said, you know what, Mike, it's just not working out. We have to fire you. We have to let you go. Will I be disappointed? Yeah. Will, will it be a gut punch? Will I probably get drunk that night? Oh, yeah, I will. But I, but I'll move on because I I'm fine. I I don't need it to live. So that's my highlight is that I get to sit here and be on the radio and my mom can hear me if she wants to. My kids can hear me. You know, it's it's the greatest it's the greatest thing ever. Coming home and hearing my kids say, "Oh, we heard you talk about us on the radio, Dad." So. <laughs> that's awesome, man. That's awesome. What about you, Brian? Career highlights. I mean, it could be talking to, meeting some of my. Uh, bands that I grew up with or, or got the chance to, to, to talk with them. The broadcasting live from New York City, uh, from the MTV studios on the 40th floor, that was a pretty big one because I knew that I was doing my show in New York City at the same time Howard Stern was doing his, Don Amos was doing his, but I wasn't broadcasting to New York City. I was broadcasting all the way back to eastern Iowa, but doing it from the heart of Times Square. Um, that was a pretty big deal for me. Nice. but. To I think the real highlight has become, and Mike said it, my son, who just turned four a little while ago, 
when he heard that I was getting back on the radio, I don't think he quite grasps it, but it's kind of fun when he'll hear either me doing my bits or something like that. He'll follow up with rock one oh eight. And to hear your kid (laughs) getting into something that you had done, that's a pretty big deal. I think that's kind of fun. Nice. Nice. Very cool. So those are some great uh, highlights as well. And, um, like I'm sure there's plenty more. And just real quick, do you guys have together have a highlight of the podcast? Oh, Chicago Foo Fighters. Oh gosh, yes. <laughs> yeah, hands down. Hands down. Best thing ever. That was what our roughly our twentieth episode, yeah. if I remember right. Yeah. Why is that show such a highlight? For me, it's just the Foo Fighters at Wrigley. I mean, I mean, I'm a huge Foo Fighters fan, and then being at Wrigley, I mean, I'm a big Cubs fan, and then but then Brian getting to see him experience it too. I mean, it's just it was a show that we went together. I think it was our first concert, Brian, that we went together, not working, and we were able to right. just like kind of hang back and and just let loose and have a good time. And any episode where we can do it because Together. what we haven't explained is that you know with us being right. uh, what a, almost 200 miles apart is we have to you know when we do have ones where we're, we're sitting together those are some of our best ones because we really riff off each other at that point or we, we just really go nuts um there's an there was a, a lost piece of that episode that never got recorded while we're just driving to uh I think Benny's beverage Depot no we were, we were driving to um we were driving to the L, I thought. Oh, yeah. And, and there, you know, we're just like commentating back and forth about what we're seeing and we're just yelling and screaming back and forth at each other. And I go, I didn't hit record. Oh, <laughs> man. That's rough. That's rough. So it sucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's like, like Brian said, you know, we're 200, 300 miles apart. So we're doing our recording over Skype. And a lot of times we don't do any visuals. So what you're hearing is like, we're just kind of playing off of each other's, you know, inflection of the voice and just kind of playing off each other and brian he does a lot of editing but at the same time i don't think he does a lot of editing where he'll he'll trim back here and there and he'll cut out dead spaces but i mean it's really we just let it roll we really don't you know cut much things out yeah like editing's tricky man like sometimes like you want to cut out like when People are like, um, uh, 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 if they're talking like this or like get get in the stumbly mode while you're recording because you want to make your guests look good. And if I did that, I'd want to make myself look good. But, uh, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, when I'm editing, I think it's kind of the same philosophy. You don't want to change the message or change what happened at that point. You just want to make it sound maybe a little bit smoother. Just make it sound as as good as you can, but as organic as possible, because that's where people are really going to get the connection to it. So, very cool, very cool. So, now I have just a couple more questions for you guys before I let you get about your night, because I know it's uh, two hours later there than it is here. So, when people listen to you on air, whether it's badgering the Hawkeye or the radio station. What is it that you want them to remember about your on-air performance, take away, and maybe even, like, just what impressions you want left on them? Uh, for the on-air performance? I think for either, really. Um, I'm that type of guy that I'll, I'll, I remember a lot of trivial facts about stupid stuff. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> and <laughs> so, 
or I'll bring up something, you know, you know, hey, did you know that Nirvana, when they recorded the Unplugged in New York, that that place was actually used as a movie studio in the western part of New York? And you tell that story on the air and some people go, oh, that was worthless. And some people go, what? Really? Yeah. They, they filmed on the waterfront or they, they pieced together on the waterfront there? That, that movie won an Oscar. <laughs> I don't know. At least I do. <laughs> yeah, I find I find it cool to find out little like water cooler moments or whatever, yeah. or mm. like I'll call it a coffee pot moment because people don't really have that many water coolers anymore. But uh, where it's like that bit of trivia you can share, where people are like, "Oh, cool," or they can take your listening audience can take and share the next day. Yeah, and I would agree because like when I'm doing my and I don't know anything about country music, I'll, I'll put it out there. And my goal is to find out something about an artist and be like, huh, I, who knew that, you know, this guy, Jason Eldeen, played football for Southern Tennessee University and suffered a concussion, you know? You know, who, everybody knows that they got a, he's got a song, but, you know, they don't know those little things about him. So, and I actually got that from Brian, too, or listening to him and talking with him. And I'm like, you know, I actually like that because it's more conversational. Yeah, definitely. And it gives like a little insight into the artists themselves as well. Mm -hmm. So um, it's just that little, little touch. Um, I'm trying, I was, had something in my head and I lost it on where I was going to go with that. But, um, (laughs) oh, yeah, it was just a dumb joke. It was about uh, a fact being like, oh, yeah, Kenny Chesney has a tractor fetish. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> or something, but it's like, oh, the timing's off, so forgive me if it's. Uh... I like my Massey Ferguson on all fours. <laughs> <laughs> and the she, she's think he's singing about is a sheep. Uh, <laughs> my sheep thinks my track I'm trying to help you. her over the fence. <laughs> <laughs> Why is she wearing a dress? She'll like it when she's she's got denim on. It's, it's the greatest thing. I don't know why he sounds like Hank Hill. Cole, dang it, Bobby. I'm sick and tired of all your shenanigans. God damn it, Bobby. Power shot class. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. All right, cool, man. So, basically, like, when people listen to you, you want them to take away, like, either a little bit or, or a little bit of knowledge they didn't have before or something that they can take and share with somebody else that they might find cool mm-hmm. is that what i what i'm picking up i just don't want to be that guy on the weekend show who you know coming up here's the weather and this was the foo fighters because yep. everybody can do that you can do there are some stations that you only get eight seconds to talk yeah Luckily, I'm not on one of those stations. Yeah, I, I fought to get an extra break, and they gave it to me. Um, and the break is just literally a a little cell piece in the in the beginning of the hour. Hey, coming up is I'm going to talk about this. Um, but at the same time, it's a it's a term I learned from pro wrestling: maximize your minutes. So if you're going to crack that microphone, you better have something to say. And something that that audience can take away from that break. If you're the only break that that's the only break they're going to hear for the day, make an impression. Yep. And nice. you can fit a lot of information into one minute of of talk. You know, you you, you know, tip, you can get the name of a song, you can get the artists of a song, you can get your name, you can get the station's name, and you can get a tidbit about the song, and you can tell somebody that they got tic- a chance to win tickets coming up. How much time do I got left? 
That's that's too much. You've done. I know, too much. but you want to have the. But it's it's a focus of one. But I mean, you can get back off. You can get a lot. <laughs> you can get a lot in one minute. It's very. True. We need to get. We need to air check you again. People <laughs> think a people think a minute is short until you're talking for a minute. <laughs> yeah, you know yes. exactly right, Static. It's like it's like stand up. Like, oh yeah, I could easily do 15 minutes. You get no. up there, you're like uh, blow through it in like five or like uh, one. You're like, ah, I forgot what I was gonna say. Like, I've done it a few times. I've done it before. And I was just getting back into doing it before this whole Corona thing hit. But my first time back up on stage was rusty. Everything was like rushed and all that stuff. So a minute can be a long time, no matter what she says. No, (laughs) (laughs) I see what you're doing there. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, yeah, the fart rim shot. I, the fart rim. The fart. <laughs> what kind of rim shots are you doing on your morning show? You did that <laughs> rim shots or rim jobs? I sure did, but I, didn't, I, I was I trying. Was I rim. was trying not to say rim sh- rim job, and I was like, <laughs> I was like, watch what you say. Like, like nah, fuck it. Edit this one out. This is definitely uncontained. <laughs> this is not. This is not terrestrial radio. Uh, no. It's not. <laughs> all right, guys. So I've had. I have one final question for you guys. Thank you for joining me. I know it's uh, getting late where you are right now with two hour time difference. Uh, but uh, before I get to the final question of the show, where can people find you on the internet? So Badgering the Hawkeye is available on both Apple and Google Podcasts. We're on Spotify right now. Yes, Joe Rogan's network. Uh, we're also on iHeartRadio, the TuneIn Radio app. Uh, we've got a couple other. Uh, we're also on like Podomatic and a few of the other uh, sites as well um, because they kind of glom off of either Apple or they glom off of others. So pretty much anywhere that you find podcasts, you can type in Badgering the Hawkeye and you can find us. Uh, by the time that you're listening to this here on Uncontained, you'll see 50 episodes plus a couple, you know, three, four available for you. We're also on Facebook. It's facebook.com slash badgering the Hawkeye. We're on Twitter. It's twitter.com slash badger the Hawk because they won't give you the extra couple of letters. <laughs> uh, we're also on Instagram and we just started getting rolling on Instagram. We're instagram.com slash badgering the Hawkeye. That's where we're at on social media. That's where you can find us there um, you know, with our podcasts. Do you have a Patreon or anything like that? No, but you can email us at uh, com, and you can send checks directly to my Venmo if you want. Okay, <laughs> fair enough, fair <laughs> enough. Um, I will accept any Susan B. Anthony coins ooh. because I know that those are worth money. From 1995. What about, mm-hmm. will you take Sacagawea? Of course Why I will. Why not? She's hot. <laughs> yeah, I, I just thought you had a thing for Susan B. Anthony. That's all. Yeah, we don't just. Well, it, what does the B stand for? Big. I I, I don't know. Boobs. <laughs> Both of those work for me. I gotta Google that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Big boobs. All right, so I have that one final question for you guys. It's the title question of the show. Brian Marshall and Mike Thomas, how do you live uncontained? You want me to take that, Brian? Go for it. I'll, I'll do it second. All right. Um, wow. Can you can you just give me the synopsis of this essay question I'm supposed to answer? 
Yes, yes, I'm sorry. It's an all-encompassing question of the world. Um, basically, what makes you, you? When people told you, Mike, don't get into radio, what kept you going? What m- made you decide you wanted to get into radio? When they're like, when you have a bad uh, show, uh, what kept you going? And have you had to eat ramen every night and yeah. sleep okay. on the floor of a friend's house? Yeah, I, I mean, the biggest thing was, you know, my mom was always supportive of me. So it, it really wasn't her that was like, you don't want to get in the radio. She's like, you do whatever you want to do. Just what, do what makes you happy. Um, it was my, my grandma who told me not to get into radio because my grandfather was fired as a salesman from the very first station that I worked at. Oh, and wow. that's the only reason I got the job was because I dropped his name in my interview and the, <laughs> the program director and station owner that fired him felt bad for and wanted to make amends. So they tried to use me as the, the bridge to make amends with the family, which it didn't work out because I ended up pissing everybody off anyways. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, so, you know, it, it, you know, really nobody was like, no, you can't do this. It was just do what makes you happy. So that's why I did it. Um, never really had to eat ramen, but I did live in the ghetto of Waterloo, Iowa. Uh, I lived on West 5th Street, and, man, I it was a rough neighborhood, <laughs> just to say the least. It was a rough neighborhood. If you want more, I can I could tell you more, but I don't want to get anybody in trouble. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, you know, my neighbor got robbed while I was sleeping. I had random people knocking on my door all hours of the night. I had to sleep with the TV on with the sleep timer on. And when I leave, would leave my apartment, I would leave lights on and, and stuff to make it look like I'm home. And yeah. sometimes I would walk to work and just so it would look, my car would be there. So people wouldn't, uh, wouldn't mess with my, my apartment and everything. So, um, was that was the probably about the roughest home? I had. What's that? Was your car there when you got home? Yeah, it was there when I got home. I mean, <laughs> there was one time where I thought I was going to get robbed because I, I was working overnights. And, and I, uh, this guy walks up to me. I'm outside smoking a cigarette. He's like, hey, can I get a ride? And I'm like, yeah, whatever. So he gets in my car, and I'm like, where are you going? He's like, well, I'm going over here. And he gave me these weird directions. And probably about two minutes into the ride, I'm like, this just doesn't feel right. And I see that he reaches into his pocket. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, shit, it's going down. So I quick pick up my phone, and I call my girlfriend at the time, my wife now, and I'm like, hey, yeah, I'm by uh, 2nd Street driving past this white church. And I just start you know, talking about where I'm at. And she's like, what's going on? I'm like, yeah, yeah, you know, it's fine. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm with uh, this guy. He's wearing a red hat. And, and so I started describing the guy. <laughs> and and she's and I get off the phone. He's like, yeah, you can just drop me off at this corner right here. I'm like, all right, cool. So <laughs> I thought for sure I was going to get robbed that day. That's smart right there. But to uh to answer the second part of your question, how I move on, you're always you're only as good as your last break. And so if uh you screw up, yeah, you got another one coming up. And if not, then yeah, then you're left with a bad impression and a bad taste in your mouth. So you just gotta move <laughs> on. You just gotta keep going and you know, just keep rambling. Yeah, and you know, like a lot of people think of Iowa and don't think that there is uh is like any like ghettos there, quote unquote, but go, go to Waterloo, go to, uh, is it the Southeast side of Cedar Rapids or uh, that's what it is. Yeah. It's like, it's not a big ghetto, No, but you know, I I used to describe it as like the Fisher price ghetto where everybody (laughs) was just playing ghetto, but like, (laughs) it, it, why does your dog have a flat face? <laughs> exactly. It turned into it turned into the Ertl ghetto, where it's a real thing, only smaller. The Ertl ghetto. 
Uh, for uh, those of you who know, like farm and construction toys, yeah, it's 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 not Compton, you know, by any means, but they no. think it is. But you can still get <laughs> shot. <laughs> yes, and there's plenty of crackheads <laughs> or little switch heads. on the wall. <laughs> 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 All right, Brian. What about you, man? How do you live? I, I'll be day? honest. I look. I've been listening to your show for a while, and I've asked myself if I was ever on his show, and he asked me this question: How are you going to answer it? I don't know if I still have the answer or not. I think this is going to be the best answer I can give you because That's all I can ask for the how I live uncontained now is I don't live within the confines of what I used to live in. Okay, I used to think that I was not good enough, um, and I'm not going to say smart enough. And doggone it, people love me. But <laughs> thank you, Stuart. the The thing is, is that. There was so much negativity that was surrounding me that I think by living uncontained, I only can control two things in my world, and that's my attitude and my output, and that's how I live uncontained. I take his answer. Can I I take Brian's answer? (laughs) Sure, I'll let you piggyback on him. All right. Guys, uh, thank you. It's been great talking to you. Um, It was fun competing against you in radio and working with you guys when we ran into each other. And it's, it's been an honor to have you on my show. I appreciate you guys taking uh, time out of your night to come on. I have one final thing for you guys to do, and that is sign off the show. Will you do me the honor of signing off the show tonight? Sure. Sure. <laughs> you start it usually. So, so, go so ahead. enthusiastic. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, I'm Mike. I'm Brian, and we're from Badgering the Hawkeye. And my friends, we live uncontained. And that does it for another episode of Uncontained. Thank you for listening, and thank you to Brian and Mike for joining me on the show. If you haven't checked out their podcast, Badgering the Hawkeye, I suggest you do so. And I last time I checked, my episode with them hasn't posted yet, so you'll definitely want to go back and uh, listen to our conversation on Badgering the Hawkeye when that comes out. More radio stories going on there as well, especially if you enjoyed this episode. I really enjoyed talking to these guys on the show today, and I hope you guys did too. If you did enjoy it, please feel free to support the show. You can do so by going to uncontainedpod.com and clicking on that Amazon banner at the top of the page and uh, just going about your normal Amazon shopping, getting all that stuff delivered to you like like you need to during this whole COVID stuff going on now. And I'm, I don't know about you, I'm ready for the whole COVID thing to be over, but uh, you still have to be safe out there. I'll thank you again for listening, and until next time, live uncontained. Thank you.